0: Thank mm. you. Welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value.
1: Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here is your warning.
0: I'm Ashley. And
1: I'm Alex.
0: And we're starting today with the segment we call 5-Minute Masters because we like to pretend we're academics.
1: (laughs) We're retired academics. Yes. We retired from the academic life in order to play... RPGs. (laughs) rpg <laughs>
0: exactly watch netflix and watch show. netflix
1: shows
0: <laughs> all right well what's your five minute masters on today alex
1: so i actually uh had this figured out way in advance for once because i actually remembered something that i found interesting on the internet and then didn't forget it <laughs> so um there's a channel on youtube that i really love it's called veritasium and um, it's all about, like, cool science things. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, hands-on. It's not like he's not just telling you on a whiteboard what it is. It's like, he's there. <laughs> and uh, he's... I think he's Australian, but he's got, like, an American accent. Interesting. Because he's cool. <laughs> um, and... So the title of the video that I'm going to sort of talk a little bit about is called Why Are 96 Million Black Balls in This Reservoir?
0: <laughs> oh, I think I know the th- what you're talking about, but I'm excited to hear you tell me about it.
1: So um, this video chronicles the his his adventure uh, into shade balls. Mm-hmm. Now, shade balls are spheres of plastic. Um, specifically, it is food-safe Uh, plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's plastic or some sort of poly special thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, plastic's plastic's plastic. It's made
1: (laughs) out of the same material that your milk carton or your milk jug is made out of. Mm -hmm. So it's food safe. But anyway, they fill bodies of water with these, specifically the LA Reservoir. Mm -hmm. And they, the the, the video starts talking about like, are these here to stop evaporation because of drought? Mm -hmm. No, that's (laughs) not why they're there. They are actually there to prevent the formation of bromine. Oh. So, during the water treatment, they pump in uh, chlorine to to clean the water from algae that forms in this open reservoir. Right. But, when sunlight sunlight hits with that chlorine, Uh it forms bromine, which Uh is something they were previously getting another way. And they're like, we don't want it. But then it was somehow mysteriously cropping up again,
0: mm-hmm. and they're
1: like, "What?
0: Why is this happening?"
1: So then they're like, "What can we do to stop sunlight from hitting this?" And it's like a giant trampoline won't work because then birds are gonna be up on there doing stuff, and then mm-hmm. you can't put like a, a tarp over it because the it it like would the wind would catch it and whatnot, right? Um. So they finally decided upon ninety-six million spheres.
0: <laughs> it just makes me think of like. Like, McDonald's playplace falls.
1: That's exactly what it looks like,
0: too.
1: <laughs> but it it somehow works perfectly because they... they
0: Just float on the they water. They float on and, the water,
1: and they stay where they are. Like, they have... Um, and they can
0: shift around. They can shift around. Mm-hmm. They can
1: raise and lower with the amount of water mm-hmm. that's in the reservoir. And they have about a third of their, their uh, volume filled with water as well, so that they have a little bit of weight, so they don't blow off. Okay. So... Sunlight can no longer get into this water because there are these black Mm light-absorbing spheres Mm -hmm. covering it. So now chlorine does not get turned into bromine
0: from the sunlight. That's so interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely had heard something about that before. Like I've seen the pictures and I remember it being something about having to cover up the water, but I didn't remember... That it was, like, to stop a chemical reaction from yeah. happening. And that's really, really cool.
1: Well, and the video, you you just have to watch it on Vertasium's channel because they drive a boat out into the middle of the reservoir. Nothing moves. Oh, it right. looks like a weird alien wasteland.
0: <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> birds do not go near the wa- reservoir anymore because it's, like, weird.
0: They're like, what is that? What I is don't want to go there.
1: <laughs> so there's no, like, bird waste around there anymore either. Uh. Um, a side effect of no longer having that sunlight in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: now the algae doesn't grow
0: right
1: so they don't have to pump in the chlorine anymore
0: oh yeah
1: so now you don't have chlorine in your water
0: yeah not the best i mean if you gotta you gotta but if you don't gotta
1: so now it's like oh we killed two birds with 96 (laughs) million black balls
0: Yeah, you know the LA reservoir has a really fascinating history. Like, there's just so many interesting things to learn, and it's mm-hmm. you wouldn't think that's like it's a water reservoir. How can it be interesting? But the LA reservoir <laughs> is very interesting.
1: Well, and then um, people are like, oh, but they're black, so they must get really hot, so it must speed up evaporation. Uh-huh. But because there's so much air left in the balls, Uh air is an excellent heat insulator. Oh. So the bottom of the water is colder than it was before. Like the surface of the water is colder than it was before. Oh,
0: wow. So
1: it wasn't intended to reduce evaporation.
0: It just has all these great positive side effects.
1: And because apparently because of the the, um, activated charcoal pigment that they use to color the Mm. plastic, they actually last about five years before they start degrading. Oh, wow. In full la sunlight
0: right <laughs> all the elements
1: so they're really cool it doesn't sound as cool when we're just talking about it but if you look up the video you're like holy fuck this is so cool it looks
0: really <laughs> neat i mean just imagine like a big 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 lake full of black play place balls yeah <laughs> and and it's they, crazy
1: they like got the idea because i guess pools in like europe have shade balls oh but they're more of like they're not necessarily the black ones because it's like mm-hmm. less intense of a right you don't
0: it's not like your stuff yeah, yeah.
1: and they tried like big hexagonal floats mm. um so they could like interlock uh-huh but they were just nothing worked as good as just yeah well, i can imagine
0: the wind could catch those and mm-hmm. flip them around exactly and yeah. that yeah.
1: Huh. doesn't have the same like uh uh anti-evaporation thing either because oh, of yeah. the air in the in the
0: spheres yeah yeah, yeah. super neat
1: so that's my thing because I think it's really cool, and I've been telling everybody about it.
0: Okay, well, I just love how how what kind of contrast we can conjure with these things because <laughs> white
1: I- cubes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, my uh, my five minute masters is about a figure whom you may have heard about, but I would like to get a little bit more into the specific history of Springheel Jack.
1: I've never heard of that.
0: You don't know him? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. He's like one of the first cryptids basically. <laughs> He's so great. Um so the first claimed sighting of Springhill Jack was in 1837. Um sightings were reported all over Great Britain in the Victorian era, especially around suburban London, the Midlands, and Scotland. So, he was described by various supposed uh witnesses as being a man with like metal claws and like burning eyes and he could like leap over walls. That's why he was called spring Jack because he could like jump like a human can't jump. And he was like of so, all the
1: things to name him after, it's not his burning red eyes <laughs> or his metal claws. I mean, it's, it's he can jump real good. It's
0: a catchy name, Springhill Jack. Come on, that sounds great. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, but he's always described as being sort of demonic or devilish looking, mm-hmm. um, or that he was like kind of gentlemanly looking, um, and also he could breathe fire. <laughs> right, of
1: course. I mean, as one does.
0: Yeah. So, pretty crazy stuff. Because, um, like, you know, there were, especially during the 19th century when these things were so popular, Um, lots of reports of, like, ghosts stalking the streets of London that would, like, scare you and attack you. And so that's sort of the tradition that Spring Hill Jack comes out of, is like, there's something out there in the streets that's gonna come and get (laughs) you. Um, and so the, the first alleged sighting, uh, was in 1837, um, but (laughs) <laughs> the the interesting thing is it's like there's not a lot of you know documentation of like first hand accounts and stuff so according to later accounts um, the, in, in 1837 uh, a girl named Mary Stevens um, was out walking uh, near where she worked as a servant after visiting her parents and uh, a, a, like a strange figure leapt out From a dark alley and, like, grabbed her and just... this Some of the accounts are just upsetting because this is... It just sounds like someone is trying to, like, sexually assault her. He, like, grabs her and starts, like, tearing at her and kissing her. And she ends up... She, like, screams and he runs away. But... Then but so it's like, I'm not sure like what where this like, and then also he had like claws and burning eyes came from. It's like it just sounds like a very scary thing that happened to someone. And then the story grew. Yeah. um, And that's what I think a lot of the Spring Hill Jack story is, is just like, maybe some pranksters kind of running with the gag or you know legitimate attacks that were conflated with the stories and just sort of mass hysteria turned them into this legend of this like demon man who could <laughs> jump over walls um and then other uh supposed <laughs> accounts of spring hill jack just sound like real bear attacks <laughs> Just like an actual bear attack. Just, just
1: a regular, regular.
0: They were attack. like, oh, there was some bear-like thing in Scotland that attacked someone. It must have been Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, it was wasn't
1: like, a bear, though. Or a
0: bear? <laughs> Maybe a bear? Yeah. Uh, in On uh, the 13th of April in 1838... Um, it appeared to a gardener, quote, in the shape of a bear or some other four-footed animal. Like, why would you think that's Spring-Hill Jack? It's ju- you're a gardener. You're working outside and a big animal attacks you. And you're like, it's spring Hill Jack! <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. Um, except for when it's not funny. When it's just sad things that happened to people. But I love this...
1: It's just the Boogeyman. something. For yeah, he's just a
0: version of the Boogeyman. Yep. Um, anything
1: that goes wrong. Oh, that was him.
0: Yeah, it's... So the last reports of spring Hill Jack were um, in, like, the 1870s. There were different, like, people who were, like, pointed at as being the perpetrators of the attacks or the hoax or whatever. The, um... <laughs> a, a man named Henry de la Port Beresford third marquis of waterford was (laughs) associated with the legend he just sounds like he was kind of a dick (laughs) like he was just like an asshole who uh apparently like like behave like an asshole and like was mean to women Mm -hmm. and they're like it's him (laughs) he's spring-heeled jack like no, he's just a regular old douchebag. Like, he's not <laughs> anything. Um, but though, apparently, according to um, some guy, the Marquess used to, quote, amuse himself by springing on travelers unawares to frighten them, and from time to fo- time, others have followed his silly example. So this guy was just an asshole who, like, pranks. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a demon. But, uh, yeah, he's a pretty interesting dude. Um, he pops up from time to time in literature and stuff because he's just a fascinating figure. In fact, Lemon Demon has a song, spring Jack, which (laughs) I love. It's a, it's a great little tune. Um, but yeah, that's, that's spring Jack, one of the earliest urban cryptids. (laughs) Pretty funny stuff. Uh, Okay, let's talk about that movie that we watched, Alex. Yeah,
1: the first one?
0: Yes, the first one. I don't know if the second one's gonna come into the conversation. I don't
1: think so. Probably
0: not. (laughs) But we watched Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) I'd never seen it before, and now I kind of want to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the first half, I was like doing other things while we were watching it, Mm -hmm. and so, and then like by the time we actually sat down, though I I gather I caught the best stuff.
1: Yes, the more, the more uh, exciting at least. Yes, and, and less uh, contrived.
0: Yes, so I mean this movie's had a fraught existence. Mm-hmm. It's a very divisive film. <laughs> um, most people accept it as being terrible. Mm-hmm. Some people love it.
1: I think like three people love it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i you know i was looking online and i definitely found its defenders um but it has the uh hallowed position of being the very first film featured on deep dive
1: oh that's right Uh on
0: film joy um so I decided to watch that, and they struggled, obviously. Um, though I think that maybe if they ha- hadn't done it before, and they came back and they did it again now that they've gotten into the groove
1: of Deep Dive, they would
0: probably enjoy it more and have yeah. better things to say of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly I want to talk about how it fits into camp. Mm-hmm. because Especially because camp is sort of the buzzword right, of the day right, right. after the Met Gala. Um, and the better and worse <laughs> tries on that theme <laughs> that we saw um and I think so I ended up looking up and just like doing some homework on camp
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, me too. itself
0: um especially Susan Sontag
1: yeah well she's the the inspiration for the Met this mm-hmm. year was her essay notes on camp right um I did watch a Vogue video on YouTube, uh, um, explaining the, the, um, the Mets, um, show, I don't know what they're called, uh, um, and, exhibition, exhibition, uh, and it was a little more thorough than her notes on camp, Okay, because it actually included more of queer culture and, like, the origins of camp, rather, whereas her, her she's mainly, like, digesting it
0: right i mean she was one of the first scholars on camp yeah in at all yeah. so like she was laying the groundwork
1: yeah
0: um what i've been able to sort of distill is that the main um crux of camp is sort of this artifice mm-hmm. a celebration of artifice uh which you know this movie got in spades. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. uh, and completely unnatural most of the time. And yeah. I think what works best about it is when they lean into that and when mm-hmm. people, you know, I think that that's where maybe um, Mila Kunis's performance falls apart is because she's trying to be, be a
1: regular good a, actor. Yeah,
0: like she's <laughs> trying to do something naturalistic, and there's no naturalistic choices yeah. to be made. And so she just comes across as wooden. Yeah. Because it just doesn't fit. No. At all.
1: And it's like, that's not necessarily her fault.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, and she, and she, she had directors is, she there. She is
1: the character that's the fish out of water. So mm-hmm. it can I can see it in being intended to work well
0: Mm mm-hmm but it just doesn't quite yeah mesh yeah um and so i think and i think that that's you know when your protagonist doesn't fit in your movie that is a problem and i understand why a lot of people struggle yeah (laughs) with the film because of that well
1: i'm just imagining now the movie just without her and i'm like everybody else interacting would be great
0: yeah everybody else there. honestly this is one of my favorite Channing Tatum performances Mm -hmm, like there's mm -hmm. there's just something sort of weird about like he is not doing over the top stuff but but he has
1: dyed eyebrows
0: he has dyed eyebrows he's skating around on gravity he's got a goatee
1: and pointy ears
0: and he's just you know it's like because he knows he's playing a non-human and so he has a little bit more leeway to be a little bit different yeah Um, Whereas Mila Kunis is trying to play a human. And a human doesn't belong in this film. No, it doesn't. She just doesn't. (laughs) Even Um,
1: though the other people are technically human, they're like... They're space humans. Space humans that have lived for millennia.
0: Yeah. It's it's just not the same thing as an Earth human. (laughs) It isn't. It isn't. (laughs) But, I mean, like, just the one of the things that they mention on deep dive about it is just the absurd excess of this film mm-hmm. and not just within the story of the film but in the making of the yeah. film all the budget of, <laughs> the budget is insane and they're like there it's like it they, they compare it to dumping caviar down the sink it's, like, it's expensive <laughs> in that way like which is camp yes that is. I mean, you get these huge, <laughs> elaborate, computer-constructed environments that you just breeze through in 15 seconds, and then we're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to sit and linger on a lot of the huge stuff that's there. And yeah. it's just like, there it went. Like, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that just level of, like, opulence and wastefulness yeah. and artifice yeah. is so... Good. I mean, it t- didn't work out well for them. No, ultimately, but, but I appreciate. I mean, it.
1: I don't believe they probably lost money personally.
0: Well, I don't know. They didn't. I don't think they made their budget back. I
1: don't think they produced it though.
0: Well, sure, but somebody <laughs> did, and yeah, then. But, so that's somebody's money being wasted. I, it, I'm not speaking strictly yes. of the Wachowskis. Oh, well, I, the I'm, people who made the film. The Wachowskis did not make it ever Producers as a usually solo can
1: effort. afford a loss.
0: I mean, but they don't like to. No. <laughs> they're, but they're not trying to.
1: One doesn't like camp.
0: I do. No, do
1: one mean? can like. You know <laughs> what I mean? Do you mean? I, I
0: don't know what you mean. You're trying to say something, but I don't think there's something you said.
1: Because camp is so often accidental.
0: Yes, okay, that's another thing I want to talk about. The idea Because I
1: truly believe
0: intentional camp versus naive camp.
1: I I truly believe that they were thinking they were making a fucking masterpiece.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think I mean I, I it's hard to say how much was supposed to be tongue in cheek and how much was supposed to be Given earnest. the behind
1: the scenes that we watched a little uh-huh. bit of of the actors talking about the director <laughs>
0: Yeah. They so you think being, they were totally earnest? I
1: think that whoever was working with the PR
0: mm-hmm.
1: was trying to be earnest.
0: Sure, but do you think the Wachowskis were working totally in earnest, or do you think they were being tongue in cheek?
1: I don't know if I know that. I don't know either. Because if you look at their other work, the two are so intertwined. Uh huh. Like, there's camp in Ma- the Matrix. Oh yes. Like sense eight is yeah just sex on sex.
0: I mean Speed Racer is just full camp yeah. all the way the yeah. whole movie. So they
1: they know what they're doing, but on this one it's just like
0: Yeah. You
1: know, there's
0: what? who are you making this movie for? And Obviously why?
1: themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly... Well, or me. Yeah, yeah, and
0: that's the thing of it. Yeah, okay, I've got like three different directions right. that I wanna go in right now. I'll run with that one at the moment. Because it does seem like it's, I mean it's, and I say this with all the love in my heart, it's like a, it's a fantasy, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's wish fulfillment yeah. for nerdy girls and also certain boys mm-hmm. like it's it's It's
1: like what if a space werewolf came and rescued me and he was
0: super my... hot everyone <laughs> wanted to marry me and i got to wear the prettiest dresses and i was the queen of the earth <laughs> like it's crazy but it feels good mm-hmm. like to watch and be like that would be great if yeah. that happened to me <laughs> like it's it's kind of a mary yeah. sue story but that's mm-hmm. okay mary is not a bad word and we need to reclaim it. Well and it's
1: a lot like a stereotype. Stereotypical people exist and Uh they're allowed to exist. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) Well yeah and it's like we're allowed to have some goddamn candy sometimes. (laughs) Like.
1: This movie is definitely candy. It's
0: candy. (laughs) And I want my candy sometimes. (laughs) And yeah. And so those are the people who embrace this film are the mainly nerdy girls who are like that's what I've been dreaming of. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be the space princess. <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my dream. That's, that's what I wrote my fanfic about. You mm-hmm. know?
1: <laughs> this is, this has fanfiction written all it's over It's so it.
0: funny. It's like a fanfic of itself. It
1: is. It is. It's like, I don't know. What would be the closest movie you could compare it to? I mean, it's, it's sort of Star Wars in certain ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, being fantasy, space fantasy.
0: Yeah. I don't, it's, I don't know.
1: Because it's so familiar.
0: It is. Well, I mean, it's partially because it's Cinderella. Right. Yeah. Cinderella in space. But it's, okay. So let's, let's pivot. Do you
1: know what would be really fucked up? If Jupiter Ascending was an anagram of Cinderella in space.
0: (laughs) They just base it all around that. Right. <laughs> um, So I want to go back to the idea of earnest versus yeah. naive. Like mm-hmm. naive because versus intentional I feel, I feel intentional like that's camp. the
1: hardest part of the concept.
0: Right. Because there are some great examples of camp films throughout history that are definitely camp on purpose. Yeah. You know, you've got Rocky Horror Picture Show. You've got even like the original Batman film. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Schumacher Batman film. I'm not sure if which kind of camp that is. It's some (laughs) kind of camp. I'm not sure if it was, I mean, certainly somewhat intentional, but I don't know if he intended as much as, as it is. Mm Uh, but you know, then you've got your naive camp, uh, things like, um, I don't know. What would you say is a good example of naive
1: camp? Uh, Let me pull up my, my list here because camp is just so, um, I think a Naive Camp is often the stuff that is, um, as it ages, we we sort of... It,
0: yeah,
1: at it, the it time it was camp. just like,
0: a, oh, you know what's some great Naive Camp? Um, is Ed Wood movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah. He was trying his hardest. <laughs> he was trying so, so oh, yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's Camp. Yeah. Uh, you know what's another one? A uh, much more recent example. I saw this film on Netflix a couple of years ago. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on the show before. It's a 2016 indie horror film called Drifter. (laughs) It's a bad title. Last night, I was like trying to think of it because I was like, oh, that's a good example of camp that I've seen recently. And I couldn't think of the name for the life of me because it's such a bad title and it has nothing to do with... So it's sort of... In the tradition of, like, your Mad Maxes, um, and with a little bit of, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre thrown mm-hmm. in there, um, these two brothers are driving through this post-apocalyptic desert, and then they come upon a small community of bizarre cannibals and become captives of the cannibals. The crazy so they're driving through town like through the desert to try to avenge their dad's murder. This thread is dropped entirely <laughs> after they're captured and the rest of the movie is just dealing with these cannibals. Like dad is just completely irrelevant. I'm not sure why that's the setup for the film, but specifically it's the performances of the cannibals. It's the it's the most it's the most yeah. and I don't think it was supposed I mean you know they were sort of drawing upon the camp of Mad Max and like yeah. what if we had these like really crazy psychos but like I don't think they're doing it to be funny. Yeah. And it's it's so good like <laughs> and the, what made me think of it was Eddie Redmayne's performance. Ugh. That voice that he's doing.
1: Chef's kiss.
0: So good, and we'll come back to it. Uh the main big villain, the like mayor of the cannibals. <laughs> his name is Doyle.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep.
0: And he's got his he's like wears like a button-down shirt and a bow tie. And his hair is like a fairly sensible ordinary cut but it's dyed red Mm -hmm. and he just talked he honestly is doing a very similar performance Hmm. but like what if he was a psycho cannibal yeah but he's just sort of talking like this through the whole movie and Mm oh, I'm sorry, that the dandy was very rude of me. And then, yeah, and he, then he just says something obscene, and he's like, oh, I apologize for being so crude. And it's <laughs> just the most that I've ever seen. And, like, you know, of course, you've got your standard Harley Quinn type, right. pigtails, baby doll dress, going psycho on you type, and the guy with the butterfly knife that he won't stop spinning, and, you know, all of that it's pretty wild.
1: Another example of something that sort of became camp over time I would think is like the 50s beach movies.
0: Oh yeah. Because then it was like
1: that's just what they're making movies about. That because... was just what
0: movies were. For a, for a minute there it was all teen beach movies. Yeah.
1: And then now it's like they make campy rip-offs of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do their 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 So that's
1: like the the naive was is something that became camp
0: uh-huh. on accident. Uh-huh. And
1: then the intentional is like, oh, that thing's camp, let's do that thing.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. Um. I uh, Have you seen any John Waters films? Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's...
1: Not all of them, but...
0: Yeah, like... I...
1: And, and I would say that John Waters is right on that line because I'm sure, and we know from him mm-hmm. that he's trying to break every rule. Yes. But how much of that was I'm trying to be campy while breaking the rules or like just breaking the rules is making it camp,
0: you know? Yeah. Well, and and that is sort of like camp might be breaking the rules and then also gay. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> breaking the rules in a gay way.
1: What's that meme? It's like, um, like be gay and do crime. Be gay and do crime. Is, is camp. That's,
0: that's John Waters. That's camp. Yeah. Be gay do crimes. <laughs> yeah like um i just i love Mm crybaby that's i love that movie it's so silly like first time i saw it i didn't understand i don't
1: think anyone does unless well i'm I'm sure there are people that are like so fascinated the first time they watch it Mm -hmm. they're like oh my gosh i'm gonna watch that again and then it starts sinking but like nobody watches pink flamingos and is like this is
0: ah yes yes (laughs)
1: genius and perfect and let's frame it and put yeah. it in the met it's a, you struggle
0: with <laughs> but it but now it's in the met yeah as it should be right sentencing someone to death for assholery exactly <laughs> the best. So I,
1: I don't remember where i was watching it but somebody was like why did nobody show up to the met uh, to the the gala dressed as divine
0: i feel like maybe that's just too like you don't get to touch that yeah
1: i know that um donatella versace Mm-hmm. her dress had divine on it but we don't know if she was calling herself divine or was actually yeah, referencing divine it, it's
0: it's i think maybe a bit of blasphemy to just try to <laughs> you know dress up as divine like but at least don't... like do
1: some sort of inspired sure
0: yeah there could have been more reference to her yeah but don't don't just try to embody her no Never. unless
1: like there, i'm sure there are a couple people that could
0: like yeah. lizzo could have Sure, but out of respect. But out of, fr- out of respect, <laughs> well, but you mustn't. You
1: don't have to respect divine. That's the thing. Like,
0: okay, okay. Come okay. as
1: divine, covered in shit. <laughs> like that's that's the whole thing. Like, fuck reverence.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're so right. You're so right. Um, now.
1: Also, why was John Waters not fucking there?
0: Is he still living?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome.
0: Let me see. He
1: still looks exactly the same as he always has.
0: I'm going to look up this man and see how old he is. He's 73.
1: He's not super, super old. I mean...
0: I mean, he's 73. He
1: was younger when he was doing those things, I think.
0: I bet he's just like, fuck the Met Gala. It's pretentious. But, like,
1: go to the Met Gala and have wear something that says, fuck the Met Gala. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That That might be... Like he, he's done his
1: work we can we can right. honestly say well, that's sort he's, of, he's put in his hours
0: what fashion show or whatever was it that Jim Carrey went to oh, and mean. just like went on his poor taste rant I don't know do you remember that
1: I think I do yeah
0: yeah he was just being interviewed just saying like this is all bullshit yeah but it's that's like why did you come you didn't have to be here you just showed up to be a dick
1: to promote his documentary about him being pretentious anyway Jim
0: Carrey but... I'm done with you <laughs> I'm done with you <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, oh,
1: another great example of naive camp is yeah. "Mommy Dearest."
0: Sure, yes, man. <laughs> I like think that's, Faye the, Dunaway. that's the prime
1: example because they were just trying to make
0: a movie about Joan Crawford. <laughs> a
1: biopic,
0: yeah, yeah. And Faye Dunaway did everything. <laughs> she did everything. It's a lot. Um, now I was thinking about. Uh, director Paul W.S. Anderson. Not to be confused
1: with, with Paul
0: Thomas Anderson, oh. who is maybe the polar opposite director of <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson, as Paul Thomas Anderson made such movies as There Will Be Blood, and Paul W.S. Anderson made such movies as Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but Oh,
1: anything direct to DVD is immediately camp.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and Paul Thomas Sanderson is not a direct to DVD. I know, the but director, like anything that's like. um, He made one of my favorite films 2011's The Three Musketeers.
1: <laughs> you and The Three Musketeers. It's
0: so good, and it's because it's camp, and people <laughs> didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. It's. It, I honestly, I see. Sort of Jupiter ascending. It's the same sort yeah, of thing it was of lost just in like
1: translation because people weren't expecting it, and because it, it's Cause just it was like marketed incorrectly so much, marketed incorrectly, and people had incorrect expectations. Yeah,
0: and but it's just like it just went all the way with everything. Yeah, just like through Musketeers, let's add in airships. Let's <laughs> just add in steampunk airships. Let's do it because it's fun. Mila Jovovich, jovovich it up, doing flips in a full ball gown. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. But he, uh, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. it. I And that's one, another one that I wonder about, like, intentional versus naive yeah. camp. It's got to be intentional. But I don't know.
1: Who knows? I think sometimes they just have a big budget and they're like, Okay, I guess we gotta spend some more money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, and like, I mean, he's, you know. Oh,
1: I think a great example of camp actually. Hot topic right now. The last episode, the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. Mm
0: -hmm. Episode
1: five of six. Yeah. Because they just were blowing their budget because they had the budget.
0: You think so? You think that's what they were doing?
1: It was 90% CG dragon and buildings falling.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: I think as it ages, especially because people are so furious,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's going to grow to become camp. Maybe. Because people hate it now, but they're going to look back at it later and be like, look at that horrible mess those directors made. We love it.
0: Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) I don't know. I'm, (sighs) because that's an interesting sort of side of things to dig into, because it's not, you know, a lot of stuff that's become camp is because of sort of over-the-top uh, artificial performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's present in Game of Thrones in that episode. Because it's not like right. Daenerys is like screaming her head off and yeah, running around. That's like true. It's like a seething fury. Uh, You know, like, she's not Faye Dunaway as Joan Crawford. No more wire hangers! Like, that's camp because it's so big.
1: Yeah. And Cersei is that throughout the show, but not in that episode.
0: Not in that episode. It's like, and that's maybe where it's falling apart, is they're just doing this insane spectacle, and everyone's being really, like, quiet about it? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) And so it's like, well, at least commit. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Like
1: why doesn't Cersei just like go out and start shouting it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just go screaming Get off through my the streets. Lawn. Yeah, you might as well. That would be camp. Right. That would be camp. Mhm. Just screaming at the disaster in front of you. Uh, yeah, screaming at God. Like that's <laughs> camp. Yeah. I don't know. Um another thing, so I, I touched on it a little bit with Drifter, but um Camp horror is an mm-hmm. interesting one. Because, I mean, talk about, like, direct-to-video. Like, <laughs> there's, I mean, Troll 2 is, like, yeah. insane levels of camp. They're eating her! And then they're gonna eat me! <laughs> like, it's so much. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 it's and it's like, that's definite camp. But I feel like when you say camp, you're not necessarily evoking that sort of thing.
1: Um, I think it's, we just, I think it's so ingrained in horror that
0: Hmm. people
1: don't think to separate it. Um, because even if you think about blockbuster horror, there's still camp elements. Like the performances are ridiculous because of fear. Mm -hmm. The the characters are afraid or, or, or they're monsters or they're murderers. Mm -hmm. Um, like scream, like it's a fucking ghost mask.
0: (laughs) Like. But, but, and so would Scream be a, an incidence of, like, self-aware camp? Because it's such a self-aware film?
1: I, 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 it, I don't know. I have not actually seen Scream. What? I'm not a horror person. You know that.
0: I, I saw Scream at seven years old. It's not scary.
1: I mean, even, okay, so I will talk about a horror movie that I have seen. Though. Okay. Blair Witch. Sure. Like.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Very, very sparing on the camp but when like when they're going to like interview the people in the trailer park oh that's yeah. fucking camp that when looks... it's like that shot of up her nose that's camp
0: yeah I mean for sure the the, the interviews with the locals that's like Errol Morris documentary and type. some of the
1: some of the horrible interactions between the main characters too are really terrible
0: right yeah but like I don't know because like I think it's
1: just so ingrained because fear and laughter are so close to each other
0: mm-hmm and but then that, you know, makes me wonder because it's like camp is something artificial and over the top, and I'm and I don't know if I artificial feel Artificial fear. But but I don't know that it is is artificial. Mm. It does feel reasonable. You know, yeah. it's they're not freaking out about things that you oughtn't to be freaking right. out right. about. Right. Like it's it's about being too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas I I feel like in something like The Blair Witch their performances are appropriate and i don't think camp is ever appropriate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i also think the artifice might lie in the villain as well because most people don't act like that. Yeah. So that's another place where the fear comes in from the 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 strange and the let's, absurdity.
0: Let's talk about any red maid now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Speaking of absurd villains.
0: Yes, let's talk about it. So i am so glad we watched that little video of Redmayne talking about the performance because I totally didn't catch that he was talking like that for a reason. Okay,
1: it wasn't <laughs> just you. I've seen this movie at least 5 times. At least they never mention it was him that, that was, was attacked.
0: Yeah. They so... they
1: mention that um uh what's his face? Uh Kane. Kane did that to a noble or whatever. Yeah, but they, they didn't don't say who, say who it
0: is. So
1: And those th- two never have a conversation.
0: Anyone <laughs> listening who may be confused. So they're, the Channing Tatum character is referenced to have attacked... He's a wolfman. And he's <laughs> attacked in the past some member of the nobility. Yeah. And that's why he got in big trouble. And
1: lost his wings. Lost
0: his poor wolf boy angel wings. <laughs> God, this movie! Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then also, Red- Eddie Redmayne <laughs> is walking around with this insane like, whisper.
1: Whisper and
0: strange I speech. Find them. Go! Yeah, and then he'll just <laughs> shout like three words every 20 minutes. It's great. Um... Oh! like it'd just be so crazy so much uh apparently Redmayne made that choice because he his character is the one that kane attacked and like bit out his throat so he's like oh i'll talk like i've got a fucked up larynx yeah and it's like oh i mean i don't know if that's really accurate but like it's, it a, it's choice. a choice that you made for a reason and yeah. I'm fascinated to know that. Yeah. I don't know if it changes anything. No,
1: and I don't but... think it does because <laughs> in the film, we are not made aware of that.
0: I feel like it's just something that got missed. Because, like, they must have filmed that. It must have been in the script. And it just got cut out in a scene that they decided to cut. And they didn't realize that they now didn't well, but make it would, that it would connection. Just,
1: if they had made the connection, it would have made kane feel like a more intentional character because at first he's just like they hired a guy yeah you know but if he's the guy that bit out the throat of the other guy's brother yeah then it's like oh okay that's a the brother's throwing shade by yeah, hiring that's a, his,
0: an interesting choice that's yeah. being made there so it's like it is a little bit of a shame maybe that that got cut just or maybe in it's not storytelling terms but it doesn't make plot a difference wise, yeah. it's a
1: shame yes Everything else lies.
0: <laughs> yes. Because I, I too love the mystery of Redmayne. Like, because there's the three Abraxas siblings. Yep. And the the other two are, I mean, they're weird alien people, but they're otherwise yeah turning in fairly conventional performances. Yes. And then you've got Redmayne there with them and you're like, huh.
1: He's literally crying the whole movie. The
0: whole movie, he's got tears in his eyes. Just tears and he's whispering and he's so evil and it's so good. It's so good, and he's the only person who knows what movie he's in. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. give everyone needs to be showing up in that way. <laughs> they do. Oh, I just love it. We love it, Alex. Yeah. He's so good. What
1: was that line that we love so much when he's like facing the window? and Oh,
0: you're like, I create life! <laughs>
1: And it's like a question.
0: Yeah, it's it's the craziest <laughs> delivery. Every uh, Everything he says is the craziest delivery. It's so much.
1: I started watching Barry and I'm really, I re- now I really want one of the like, because in the show they only do movies and TV scenes, not at any plays.
0: That's so funny. That's how LA.
1: Right. And so I'm like, oh, I really yeah. want to have somebody try to do <laughs> that character would be so funny that
0: would be that feels like something someone would do on it's always sunny in philadelphia we we need
1: we need like uh somebody just to as their audition do one of his Do
0: yes his like you begged me to kill you you begged me to do it You begged. in his lips
1: oh his lips are plump
0: i don't know what's happening there. He's either
1: crying so much that they're getting inflamed from all the salt water, or I they feel like
0: Marlon Brando style. He tucked something in there.
1: <laughs> I don't know. He does have like I think it's either the salt he's, water or he's
0: holding them in some kind. Of, there's something or, happening,
1: or maybe it helps with his accent because he's I don't, I don't know.
0: He's doing like it. That's not normal red mane. No, face. normally
1: he's very thin lipped.
0: Yeah, I mean certainly not that going, I don't know what's going on with his face. Maybe
1: just helped him get into this sort of weird yeah. whisper. Yeah.
0: He's just doing... Shaky. He's doing stuff. Because something. if
1: you push your lips out and turn, like, your lips start to quiver. <laughs> uh, you know?
0: <laughs> so, he's I... He's
1: doing some uh, acting work on screen. Yeah. To prep for the role he's already in. It's
0: something. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, like, and it's a, such a shame that he's only in, like, m- He's mainly only in like the th- the last like twenty bit. minutes mm-hmm. of the film because he needs to be in the whole thing. Yeah. Though maybe it's sort of saving the best for last because we sort of go from a praxis to a praxis where we start with the sister, mm-hmm. and, and she's they all just... do kind of
1: talk quietly. So it's yeah
0: because they're very regal and elegant, and, and they've one, seen it all. One does not raise one's voice <laughs> uh, unless you're a psycho, and so she's Who
1: killed his mother. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, because the girl, she's like maybe the most normal of them yeah. because she's sort she's of the, only a
1: little bit kidnappy.
0: Yeah, she's the most upfront with Jupiter, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, I want to make you understand. Like, this is a situation, and we all have to deal with it. And I'm here to deal with it with you."
1: By keeping you from the other two.
0: Right. And so it's like not ideal, but honestly, she had the best intentions yeah. of all and of them. And then Kane
1: showed up and she's like,
0: oh, I was just going to take her there. Don't worry about it. Everything's <laughs> totally chill. Don't bite my throat out too, please. Uh, and then we've got brother number one. I, I don't remember the sister's name. I think brother number one was named something with a T. I don't know. Mm, who who cares? Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. Tywin. <laughs> yeah tyrell. Love... tyrell tyrell no tyrell? no i don't know it doesn't freaking matter It's from blade runner yeah it's like t- <laughs> titan or something like that yeah. uh and he's like yo mom let's get married let's
1: give me <laughs>
0: mommy look at my handsome handsome face let's get married it
1: won't be weird or it... a trap yeah <laughs>
0: And then it is a weird trap. Uh, they describe it on, on, um, Deep Dive, like, w- at the, when Kane shows up to interrupt the beautiful wedding. <laughs> um, like, the way that he comes clean about what he's been doing, it's like, he's describing, like, as though no one has ever lied before. He's like, you see... I deceived you, and it's like no one else in this movie lies about anything. Also,
1: they're in a room full of fucking robots,
0: crazy robots. And and he's like, mm-hmm. you see, mm-hmm. I've discovered something called lying, and I've deceived you. Mm-hmm. And then Kane's like, we're leaving, and Jupiter's like, yes, please. And he's like, okay, <laughs> like you can leave. And they just leave. They just leave. Yeah. They just leave.
1: Well, and that scene is. There's a couple scenes that are more self-aware than a lot of the others like the wedding I think is because it's so over the top it's so much um in costuming in the set on in... just
0: the insane ticking clock of the ring being etched onto the finger like yep. what is that device why is it done in this way like <laughs> oh it wasn't completed so the marriage didn't so happen the rest yet. of it
1: goes away yeah
0: like what like that <laughs> only exists that way in order to have that as a ticking clock. Yeah. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh but thirdly, we finally get around to Red Main and he's like I'm not going to be Living deal-
1: in his Jupiter I have the storm Jupiter factory. <laughs> yeah. Emmy,
0: he, he literally it's lives like on the planet the- Jupiter. Chival, right. It's so silly. I know, it's like a cathedral. <laughs> it's so funny uh and he's like i'm gonna kidnap some russian immigrants i'm gonna send my dragon <laughs> and, and then he's just it's a lot like i don't even care what he was doing it doesn't matter what his plan was or no. what was happening no I don't none of it matters because
1: He's just, like, yelling.
0: I couldn't listen to his words. They didn't matter. (laughs) It's hypnotic. It's just the way that he says them, the things that he does with his face and his body. It's so much. And he's, like, so
1: much shoulder talk.
0: Shoulder. And he's got his bare chest. He's got
1: his bare chest or he's got the high collar. Both.
0: He's got both at the same time. (laughs) Simultaneously high collar and bare chest. Somehow.
1: It's just the turtle's neck.
0: It is. It's like a cape. Collar. And sleeves, and collar, and bare chest. Yeah, it's and that's great. And how Wachowski right to just queer it a little, yeah. just queer it all a little.
1: Which I think
0: there's so could much, have been
1: a lot more. It could present. have been more,
0: but it, it honestly, if not queer, it feels so female. You know, there's so much well, female and, and, gaze in this and film.
1: That and also another aspect of camp number nine of Sontag's like rules (laughs) um is the androgyne is certainly one of the greatest images of camp sensibility
0: he is androgynous Mm -hmm. with his lips and his costumes and his swishing around his like titan or titus or whatever his name is you know he's pretty but in sort of like a handsomely you know boyish and masculine way where he's like his Costumes sort of evoke like military uniform, yeah. and you know he's very tidy and square jawed. He's, he's the
1: the Prince Charming,
0: yes, in a very you know full lipped kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's got the flippy hair and the handsome jawline, but he and so he's not quite. He's very soft. He's yeah. he's not very masculine, but he's still man. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, um, whatever. Redmain's name is nobody's name matters in this film.
1: He's like simultaneously the sharpest object in the room and the most delicate. Yes!
0: He's like a <laughs> shard of glass. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, he's got the I mean, he is playing into the sort of camp yeah. effeminate villain thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that in the Wachowski's case it is a Intention. pointed yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. It is it is something that they are referencing knowing the history of that and and doing it consciously. Yeah. Um, and it's... It's just...
1: And honestly, it's the best of any of those performances in history. It is! Like, it's up there with, like, um, I'm thinking of, um...
0: Like, I don't even know. Jafar. Yes! Or, or... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's up there with the Disney villains. Up yeah. there with Scar. Yeah. Like, just... Scar,
1: Jafar, um... Uh,
0: Ursula. The, Ursula, yeah. All of these... Very queer performances, mm-hmm. and and Redmayne's doing that, but in live action, and it's <laughs> so good, it's so so good. Yeah, it's
1: well, and of course, you know the mommy issues.
0: <laughs> the mommy issues, Whew. so much, so much, uh, but there there is a lot of you you see it, This movie is filmed in a very from a very female perspective
1: female queer eye but but uh in a way that a straight male audience could digest it
0: sure yeah it's not yeah it, it walks that line um but like they're you know compared to a lot of other campy space operas Female objectification is a minimum. Like, you know, there's a scene where the sister, like, comes out of her, you know, rejuvenation bath. But you don't, you, like, see her bum from behind. But it's not framed in, like, a lascivious way. Yeah. Like, it's, like, like Jupiter is seeing her. Just, like, oh, whoa. Yeah. What happened to you?
1: It's also not, like... It's just straight on. It's not like at an angle to try and like make her look thin or make yeah, her. Yeah, look... she just. It's just that's a butt because she she's is. coming naked out of. She's a She's just bath walking of, up out of the bath. A bath of um.
0: Human goop. Human goop, <laughs> but uh, and like you know, Jupiter's costumes are all either you know like cool, practical, ass kicking or like
1: opulent, m- amazing princess dress. <laughs> yes, like
0: none of it objectifies her. Right. You know she's like wearing haute couture or like. <laughs> badassery, like, Or fighting she's scrubbing
1: clothes. toilets. <laughs> or she's
0: scrubbing toilets. Yeah, she's never framed in, like, a sexy way. Yeah. Like, Mila Kunis is a gorgeous woman, and they even, but they don't film her right. like that. And they
1: also poke fun at, like, the tropes of, like, when, you might not have been paying attention at that point, but when Kane rescues her from the hospital,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she's like who put on my clothes?
0: <laughs> right, and they—they, they, I love that they do that, where they keep mentioning, like, where she's like, can I get dressed while conscious, please? Right, can we alone. Not? Because that happens in a lot of sci-fi. Like, that is something I think the Wachowskis are very deliberately yeah. referencing, is this weird trend in, like, genre films where the heroine is dressed and undressed while unconscious. And it's, yeah. like, not really acknowledged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most of the time. It's just sort of like, now she's in a different dress, where it's like, ew, um, no <laughs> thanks. Don't yeah. do that ever yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but... Kane gets to be very sexy. Oh like, yeah. He's, he's got he's his like shirt off. He's like definitely
1: contractually shirtless. Yeah. For he's some got scenes.
0: There are scenes where he's shirtless where it's like he's shirtless I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah even like Redmayne you know he's not like a Channing Tatum but he's no. showing his chiseled chest. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, you know you've got Prince Puffy lips. and He's in
1: like a weird orgy floating orgy scene yeah. early on with his shirt off.
0: Yeah. So they're like they're this is not about catering to the straight male gaze. Yeah, and that's unusual in science fiction. Yes. So, like, thanks.
1: Many of the women are like Kane's a dog guy, so he's got ears.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: also a mouse lady who's got big old mouse ears. She's so
0: cute. <laughs> I love that.
1: But she's not sexualized. No. Like,
0: no, I don't think any women really are, except
1: for like just the orgy women.
0: Right, and it's like, well, that's a whole orgy. That's yeah, and it's I a... think
1: they're clothes. I, yeah, or like certain start... like.
0: I mean, the Jump movie's rated, like, what, PG? Like, something, there's right. nothing. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a PG-13. But, yeah. So, and I and that may contribute to its sort of lack of success, is yeah. that it's not, it's a science fiction movie that's not made for straight men.
1: And it wasn't marketed to anybody but them.
0: Because <laughs> Hollywood doesn't know how to market science fiction to girls, I right. guess. Right, because the
1: trailers were just, like, intense action clips like
0: yeah well because and because they're trading on the wachowski name right. and so you're like oh like the matrix right nope i mean though you know there's definitely some some queer themes in in the matrix but it's still your con i mean conventional is a weird word to call the matrix but it it still is like in that
1: time period movies were only made for straight white men
0: yes especially action films yes yeah. um so this but if is they an... had,
1: if they had marketed this as like a romp or a sci-fi romp do Like rom-com. a fun
0: adventure. Like, you know? if they
1: had put the I Love Dogs line, I think they might have actually in one of the trailers. I like, don't know. But like, that that's the as as close to camp as, as Kunis gets is.
0: She's so thirsty the whole movie. <laughs> that and that's then, like her, white her really
1: lazy jogging th-
0: this is something they could have used. Where it's just like, she's not even responding. Like, nothing uh. is... Yeah, just, oh, no! Like, Sparks! Yeah, and, and it fe- it feels like your old Camp B yeah. sci-fi movies. Where people are like, oh, no! Explosion! Mm-hmm. And they're just, like, stumbling. Yeah. Like, that's what she should have been doing the whole time. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think. It's great, though. It's so good okay closing thoughts
1: um let me just see uh looking through these last couple things I mean number 41 of the rules uh the whole point of camp is to dethrone the serious camp is playful anti-serious mm-hmm. the whole movie is anti-serious
0: mhm and it, and, and it well it is and it could have stood to be more so
1: oh yeah well cause like there are some stakes
0: and like stakes don't necessarily make something serious or make something serious, but it's it's about the, the treatment and the performance of it. And and like I like I said, I think that's where Kunis's performance suffers yeah. is when she is trying to take it seriously. Well and
1: the whole finale is so good because it's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's Roller Skate fighting with dragons.
0: Yeah. It's and so much. <laughs> shouting
1: about your mother.
0: Yeah. You begged me to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, and that's what I wanted the whole film. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And there
1: are glimmers.
0: It Yes. But. But that, yeah, I'd say it just didn't go far enough.
1: Yeah. I think hopefully in another decade or so. <laughs> people might see it the way they see fifth element now as like I love the fifth element. I do too, but it, think of how similar they are.
0: Well, yeah, and that's what that's the odd thing. I don't know how um The roles
1: are just reversed, kind of. Yeah, little. how
0: did the fifth element do at the time? Probably not well.
1: <laughs> I don't I know don't though. I don't know. I think it, it came it, out in like when I was too young, so.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I've been watching it my whole goddamn life. Um Me yeah. too.
1: It's my uh, like if if people ask me what my favorite movie is, because I don't actually can never think of what it actually mm-hmm. is, I'll always just say The Fifth Element because I will watch it no matter how far along it is in it, or from start to finish it, any day.
0: It was a box office success, um, and was uh, critics were polarized on it, but it audiences went to see it in yep. a way they did not go to see Jupiter. It was
1: probably marketed better.
0: Well, and here's the thing. I mean, as campy and crazy as it is, with the, you know, Gautier costume designs and stuff. Ruby
1: Rod. Um,
0: it's still I mean, it's a Bruce Willis film. Yeah.
1: That's so true. like and he was they
0: the the fellas can appreciate yeah. it. Because ultimately you've got Bruce Willis running around shooting guns and you've got Mila Jovovich being half naked. Yeah. Like so it's and got it, the
1: Whereas in Jupiter Ascending
0: It's the other way. <laughs> Channing tatum is the yogovich <laughs> <laughs> yes so um though i do wish jupiter had maybe
1: done some more guns
0: yeah been a little bit more bruce willis she could have stood to, 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 to right. be a little bit more bruce willis. Mm-hmm. um though i got the the villain performance thing is is you know the best part of the film again with mm-hmm. gary oldman yeah. just being so much. <laughs> so much. I mean, Gary Oldman's always so much, but in but that like, movie...
1: why a southern accent? Cause Was that in the fucking well, script?
0: I, certainly not. <laughs> Barbecue
1: sauce blood?
0: Yeah, it's something. Well, and I think that it is the sort of effeminate camp thing, because he's got that sort of southern gentleman. Yeah. Sort of, mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 why can't I think of his name? The writer. Um. Yeah. In cold blood. What's his frickin'... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, He, uh, you know, that sort of thing going on yeah. with his with his accent, and that's where that I think is coming from. Um, but anyway, so but that that is an example of definite camp that was sort of. Well, and
1: also acceptable. it was the '90s, and the 90s. '90s is like utter camp.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. It was going the decade on. of camp. Yeah.
1: Like boy
0: bands (laughs) you're so right you're so right
1: boy bands
0: yeah but it's it's also
1: one of those things nostalgia is camp as well so it's uh like maybe we just think it's was the camp decade because it was nostalgic whereas if in 10 years we look back at the aughts and we're like how fucking camp were the aughts oh
0: i mean paris hilton
1: paris hilton like
0: (laughs) Yeah, velour tracksuits and UGGs. Like now, I'm like
1: imagining like 40 years from now, looking back at the um the t- the teens uh-huh. and us being like, the
0: well, world was so
1: shit. Yeah, <laughs> how camp.
0: Right. It's we can we can hope that, that that's that's a feeling we get to right. have in the future, right? That we get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's do our recommendations.
1: I don't think I have any.
0: You don't. I
1: mean. We gotta save a little bit for next time.
0: Okay. So you haven't been, what, watching anything? Only
1: been watching The the Magicians with you.
0: And Lucifer.
1: I started watching Lucifer with you mid, like, end of season two. End
0: of, actually, yeah. Yeah. End End of
1: of season season. two and beginning of season three. Yes. And I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun.
0: Yeah, I feel like people, now that, that Netflix acquired it, people are, like, jumping on. Yeah. In a way that they haven't... Travis McElroy was tweeting about starting to watch Lucifer. And I was like, yeah!
1: Well, I think the newest season is Netflix produced, too. Yes, it is. So I've seen lots of tweets about hot Lucifer.
0: Yep. Yep. He's a devil who fucks. Though I don't know if there's one that doesn't. <laughs> I think they all do. That's sort of the devil's thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm so I guess what I want to recommend is I found a new YouTube channel that I'm loving. I actually just found it last night and I need to find it in my subscriptions because I don't remember off the top of my head what it was called. Uh, Okay. So the channel was called the discarded image and it's just your, you know, film video essay um sort of type thing um but it's just i i you know struggle i keep trying to find new ones good ones and there's a lot of less than good ones out there because you know it's a popular sort of a genre to work in but this card and image is like good production quality interesting takes on stuff um i watched a great uh episode of theirs about um the coen brothers ballad of buster scruggs mm-hmm. um just sort of breaking it all down thematically and talking about how the vignettes sort of relate to one another and what it's all adding up to and it was a good stuff mm-hmm. uh it's a good a good oh and i also since you don't have a recommendation i want to recommend also um ava's demon great web comic uh it's sort of an unusual webcomic in that every page is generally just one panel, um, but they're beautifully painted, um, and it's this really fun, wild sci-fi story about these people who are possessed by the ghosts of aliens who used to have, like, this crazy empire but now they're all dead and the queen is like trying to like get them all back together and like reach their full power again <laughs> um but they're all just these teens who are possessed by these crazy powerful aliens that give them powers and it's it's fun um it's just beautifully done the art is gorgeous and uh every chapter or so there's a short animation um, and they're often really, really rad. <laughs> they're really, really good. And the the latest one, I just got caught up last night, um, and the last animation um, is really beautiful and Hieronymus Bosch-inspired and gay. <laughs> and so all the things that I love, <laughs> Hieronymus Bosch and gay. So go read Ava's Demon, A-V-A. It's, um, it's pretty dang good.
1: That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere.
0: Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it and it really makes a difference.
1: Check us out on Twitter at Lit Merit Pod for updates and news. We also like to post and share stuff about stuff like try. <laughs> uh, I know that Leonora, who was our guest last mm-hmm. time, has a did a whole Wachowski viewing of all of their films. Oh. So I'm sure that she'll have something to say about this episode.
0: I hope so. What up, Leonora? <laughs> 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 and thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, "Fraud" from his album Artificial Heart.
1: Until next time, remember oh, I create life. Man. Ha <laughs> ha